Uh, we need you. We need uh, your grace in our life, Father. Would tonight you meet us here uh, as we are? Um, Father, speak through me and use um, your word to do what your do- word does, and that's change people's lives, God. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for Jesus that uh, we get to celebrate you, that we get to show up and worship you, um, and that this isn't about us singing songs because we've earned it and because we um, are holy enough, um, but Lord, those who are in Christ in this room, we get to approach you confidently because of what you have done for us and the debt you have paid for us, and we are grateful and we respond well. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, how's it going? Missed you guys. I did. Um, man, that was so sweet, man. Thank you guys uh, for leading us in that. Um, that is a reminder that I need constantly, that I need him. So my name is Ben, and I work here. Um, and uh, I am, uh, I'm glad that you guys are here, man. I'm glad that um, you're worshiping with us. I want to run through some business, and then I just want to unpack tonight where we want to go uh, as a ministry and, and throughout this year what that's going to look like and, and our, our challenge that uh, we believe the Lord has put on us. So first, Casey kind of covered it, but real quickly, if you're new, uh, welcome. Man, what, what this is, what you walked into, this is for um, broken people, right? This is for sinners. This uh, worship and, and what we're doing is we are a group, group of people who are sinners and recognize it. And so if you're in this room and you are a sinner, then you are in the right place. So way to go. Um, if you are in this room and you don't think you're a sinner, then you are also in the right place, um, but for different reasons, because my hope is that the Lord would actually show you you're a wicked sinner in need of him. Um, however, then in Christ, uh, our sin isn't held against us. And in Christ, we no longer head, hang our heads um, low because uh, that sin has been paid for. So um, that's what we're about. Casey talked about it, man, the connect cards, fill one of those things out. If, uh, if you haven't been connected and you, you want to get to know us better and you want to get more plugged in, um, there are these boards out here that are pretty epic and cool. Um, I, I carved those myself out of one big piece of wood with a spoon. I just carved them. <clears throat> uh, whittle, it's technically called whittling. You, you'll learn it when you get older. But, um, uh, so check those things out. I didn't make those. Uh, check those out and, um, and connect with us. Also serve with us, man. We need help. Uh, we would love for you to serve alongside of us as a ministry, and even tonight as I'm kind of unpacking scripturally where we believe this ministry, um, what this ministry should be about, uh, as you identify that, maybe the Holy Spirit's tugging on you to say, man, I want to be a part of that, especially home group leaders. Um, if you call this church home, we, we need uh, more people to lead home groups and, and disciple uh, smaller crews of people. Maybe you want to do that or co-lead uh, that. There's actually a training for that on Sunday. So if you're like, ah, that sounds cool, but I have no idea what that is, we'll explain everything on Sunday. It'll be fine. Just sign up. It's really easy. Uh, no, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. I'm just kidding. Also, um, I want to talk about this. After, um, after worship tonight, it's gonna, here's what we, we do um, for those guys who haven't been around. After worship, um, we are going to continue to let this room be a sanctuary. Uh, we're going to continue to let this room and people who uh, want to stay in here for as long as you want, the band's going to play over you guys. And if you just want to stay in here for an extra hour or two, I think the alarm goes off at midnight, eventually the band's going to come off the stage and you'll just be listening to Spotify, but the Holy Spirit will still be here. Um, and you just want to sit here and pray, then go for it. Um, and we really want to encourage that. We, we, don't wanna, we don't want to create this environment where, okay, sermon's over, last worship song, now everyone leave. Um, we want you to be able to do business with God. So maybe God's convicting you of something, maybe God's putting something on your heart, maybe you just want to spend some time stopping and being still, because that doesn't happen in our lives uh, anymore. Then use this. 
However, anyone who wants to go and hang out, we want to hang out with you. So we've got several different pockets of people who are hanging out. There's a group that goes to Billy Bob's um, after Wednesday night. So there will be a crew. So if you're like, man, you know what? After like a hard day of work and then like worshiping Jesus and then like crying and like drinking coffee, I just want to, I just want to go dance. I just want to go two-step. If that's you, if you're like, yes, I want to go meet people in two-step and that sounds like fun, great. Go to Billy Bob's. There's a contact number for somebody who's, who's kind of going to be our, our liaison so you can connect with other people who've been about worshiping with Jesus and that kind of thing. So there's a crew that goes to Billy Bob's. There's a crew that's like, man, I just want to unwind, man. I, after this, I'm just going to go. I think you're going to TMP Station tonight. Is that right? So you're going to TMP Station. Um, so if you just want to go meet some people, connect, um, have a beer. Hey, if, if that causes you to stumble also, man, don't go. So if, if somewhere in your past that's been a struggle and being around alcohol is a struggle, then, then there's lots of other things to do. We don't want to put you in a place that's going to cause you to stumble. But just know there's some awesome godly people that are going to be at TMP Station tonight. College students are going to Steel City Pops. So if, if you're in college and you want to connect with other college students, show up at Steel City Pops afterward. And then the last one is uh, we've got a crew of guys who um, they just want to talk deeper about specifically about the word of God. And so there's a crew of people who are going to meet in this room across the hallway. And they're going to do it every night on Wednesday nights from here on out that uh, go grab coffee and then sneak into this room across the hallway. And they're just going to talk about what God's showing them in scripture and, and maybe what God was showing them tonight and maybe what they totally disagreed with what I said and all the heresy. And they'll be like, okay, this was heretical and all that kind of stuff. So um, if you want to be a part of that and just, man, I want, I want some more conversation, sit around a smaller group of, of people. I don't want to be in a loud bar or Billy Bob's or something like that, if that is for you, then go for it. So anyway, um, I'm not going to talk about those every single week, but just so you guys know, um, we don't want this to be a service. We don't want to just put on an hour-long show. Uh, we want to we be about a community of people. And so because of that, uh, we want to give you guys opportunities to meet and connect, and it's not just centralized around me or the band or other speakers or something like that. So you guys get to know each other for that. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's where we're going. Um, afterword. It's called afterword, see? Because it's the word of God and it's after, and it's also afterword. He gets it, yep. This is a disaster. Okay, so <laughs> here's what we're doing tonight. Here's what we're doing. Um, we want to cast vision. Uh, I want to cast some vision of where we're going, what we want to be about as a ministry. And that's insanely important. What we're doing for the next seven or eight weeks is uh, we're going to get to preach, Josh and I, uh, through the book of Galatians. So for about seven or eight weeks, we're going to be in the book of Galatians. So um, if you got a Bible or you got an iPhone with a Bible app, there's a Bible underneath the seat. Um, flip to Galatians, and we're going to unpack a little bit of it. But really, I'm just going to unpack it to the means of I want us to also communicate where we as a ministry are headed and what we as a ministry are about. Um, and, and I think it's super important to do that. When I was dating my wife, right, she wasn't my wife at the time, she was just this girl. I was, first she was a girl I was creeping on, then she was a girl I was dating, then she was my fiance, then she was my wife, now she's my baby's mama. Um, yes, but don't whistle at that, she's my baby's mama. Uh, so when I was kind of getting to know her, right, I, I was figuring out what she was about, right? It was an incredibly important thing, right? That's what you do uh, with somebody you're kind of interested in. And no joke, one of the first things that I really remember in my mind about uh, just something that really stuck out, I'm like, okay, man, that's what this girl is about, is we, she went to Texas A&M, and we, you people, man, you people, none of that in here, none of that. We were, okay, let's, everyone calm down. We were, um, we were there at said school, and uh, I, had gone down to, I had gone down to visit her, 
and was hanging out with her. And we were just kind of, I was in the friend zone at this point, and we were in a group of friends, and we were walking through, I don't know what it was called. I'm sure you guys know what it was called. It was kind of this like downstairs basement area where you can get food. Um, and so we were walking through this area, and we were in a group, and we were talking about like politics and the weather or whatever we were talking about. And no joke, my, this, she's now my wife, but Danielle, uh, she like, she dove on the floor. She like, finish line of the Olympics, just straight up dove on the floor for a quarter that she saw on the ground. So we're walking in public, right? And we're all just hanging out, talking, trying to like be cool and trying to impress each other because we're all like kind of single young adults and trying to size each other up. And she sees a quarter and she just straight up dive, army rolls, grabs it. And it was like one of those moments where everyone walking just kind of stopped and then like stared at this like gorgeous brunette diving for a quarter. And we just kind of were like, and, and whenever she got the quarter and turned around, like I think in my mind real quickly, I thought, oh, she's going to be so embarrassed. Like that, I don't know where that came from. But instead, her face was like, look, look what I got. <laughs> a quarter, look at this. And she was so excited and so happy about a quarter. And she was like, it was like, it was like she had caught a fish. And she was like, look at this. And pictures, and oh, it wasn't really pictures, but she was like pumped, right? Really pumped. And I remember thinking, this girl's about quarters. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's some other, you know, layers of the onion, but she's about quarters. And there's a whole backstory of, like, the laundry machines only took quarters where she lived, and it was really annoying to find them. And there was, like, things that didn't make her completely insane to do that. But nonetheless, I remember her literally diving in a public place. Roll, and no, it wasn't like other people were going for the quarter. It wasn't like it was a race. It was like there was a quarter. Nobody cared. There was, like, a $5 bill. She, did, she just wanted the quarter, and she went for it. I remember she was about quarters. Um, second thing that was, that was really distinct, um, when we had started dating, we would drive, I would drive long distance, about three, three and a half hours to said place uh, that she went to school. And, uh, and, and in that car ride, she would, she would sing. She still does this. She sings, man. Like, we'll put on, this was before iPhones, believe it or not. And so we had these things called CDs and we would make CDs and we would put them in there and man, she would sing, like Celine Dion, Mariah Carey, and she would just belt it. And she's a horrible singer. Like, don't, like, it wasn't, it wasn't like good singing. Like, but it was incredibly cute, right? It was very endearing because she's, and you turn up the volume so you can't really tell anyway. And she's just going to town. And I do this because she always had to have like a microphone. So she would get like a hairbrush or like a pin in my console. And she was always hold a pin or a hairbrush and just belt it like she was Mariah and she would do like really good like hip hop rap and she was nailing all that stuff. And I remember this girl is about fun, man. Like this girl is fun. This is something that she is about. She is silly and she is doesn't care and she's awesome, right? I also remember on our second date, on our second date, um, Danielle pulled me aside and she unloaded all of her baggage. Man, all of her baggage from like high school and, and all this sin stuff that she felt like uh, invalidated her and, and all these lies that she had believed. I remember that second date I was on with this girl, she just unloaded it all on me, thinking that like this was gonna be deal breakers or thinking that, that some of those lies that she believed were actually truth. And, um, and it was incredible for me because what I got to see was, man, this girl is transparent. Like this girl wants to be known. She's not messing around. She's not faking it. She's here's who I am, all, all the junk, and, and that's who I am. And I, I also know that my wife is about Jesus. The whole reason we met 
was we would drive together to uh, something kind of like this. It was, a, it was a young adult Bible study that happened at Prestonwood. And we would all pile, a bunch of us would pile into my car and we'd drive to Prestonwood on a Monday night and worship Jesus. And she would worship, man. And she would feverishly take notes. And she would apply the truth that she was learning in her life. And I remember, man, she was just this girl who I carpooled with. And I remember thinking, man, that girl is about Jesus. And those things were huge for me to learn. And those are so important for us to learn. And so, man, you need to know where we're at. And maybe you've been a part of our ministry, right? But we kind of took a little summer break, right? And we were kind of like, you know, long distance relationship for a little bit. And we got to come back together. It's like, oh yeah, that's what we're about. That's important. Or maybe you're not. Um, and maybe you're new and maybe somebody dragged you here and somebody just told you like, hey, we're going to get snow cones at this really cool place. And then you walk in, you're like, oh crap, it's a church full of Christians. <laughs> I get that. The old snow cone bait and switch, man. It's classic. Um, so this is what we're going to be about. Um, this is what we are going to be about um, as a ministry. Uh, I want to zoom in to the first five verses of, of chapter one. We're really going to jump into Galatians next week, um, but I want to use the first five verses to show that, hey, look what Paul is about. Coincidentally, that's also what we as a ministry are about, and it's, there's really no coincidence about it. I think what Paul is about, what all of Scripture is about, should be what we as a ministry um, try to mirror. And so we're going to zoom in on his intro to the book of Galatians, and then we're going to talk about just that. So um, let's look at it. Let's just look at verse one. So we're going to take tiny little bites. We're only talking about five verses tonight, so odds are the sermon's only going to go like an hour to an hour and a half. So verse one, and we'll drag it up there on the screen if, uh, if you don't have it. This is how Paul introduces himself. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Boom. Right there, stop. That's how this guy introduces himself. That is an epic introduction. Could you imagine if, like, that's how I introduced like, hey, my name is Ben, not from Robert and Anne Fuquay, but from the God eternal who gives life to all things and sustains everything with his very breath, Ben. And I shook your hand, <laughs> right? Like, what if that was my introduction? Or Casey is like, my name is Casey Taylor, not singing with lungs from the flesh that I have been given, but from the Lord who sustains the moon rotating to create the perfect tides of our world, Casey Taylor. <laughs> that would be epic, right? And it just says it on his name tag right there. And it just goes on and on, right? That's what Paul is doing. He is giving his name tag introduction and he's saying something very specific and very important and he's, he's making an identifying mark that we can't miss. He's saying, I'm Paul and this is not through man or from or through man, it's from Jesus. That is where Paul, the author of the book we're gonna study, this apostle Paul, that is where he is saying he is getting his authority. I didn't make this up. I didn't get told this from other people. This is from Jesus, God, who raised him from. This is what this is about. That is my authority. Listen, um, there is, uh, I joke about it, but there really is no bait and switch in this ministry. Um, we are unapologetic about what we want to do here, what we want to see happen here on Wednesday nights. And what we want to see happen, and this goes for me too, personally in my life, we want to see people changed. I mean, we want to see lives changed by Jesus Christ. We want lives, um, we use the word ruined, right? We want them to be ruined for anything other than Jesus Christ. That all the things in our life before him, all the things outside of him, all the things that I would believe, not only from scripture, but from experience and from watching people go down those doors, all those other things that we could worship are going to leave us dry. They're going to leave us lifeless. They're going to leave us used up. 
And so my hope and prayer and our leadership and our church's hope and prayer is that this would be a room full of people that throughout the course of the year, throughout the course of the night, throughout the course of the week, throughout the course of the next month, you would see change in your life. We named it Renovate, right? So we're not hiding the fact that synonymous to change in a positive way and improving, we want your lives to be changed. We don't want you to be the same. I don't want to be the same. When I get up here in two weeks or when I get up here next week, I want to be different. I want God to show up in a way that ruins me just a little bit more for all those other stupid things that don't give me life and actually steal from me and they actually leave me empty and they leave me lonely and they leave me discouraged. I want to move from that and I want to look more like him. And we want that for you. And the truth is we do not have the ability to do that. I do not have the ability to do that. Casey and the great music that they are and, and Josh and Tyler, when they get up here and preach, we don't have the ability to bring about change. No matter how good or passionate or loud or funny or whimsical a sermon or a preacher is or how on point the music was and the atmosphere and all of those things and how well the candles are lit, all of those things don't have the power to change you. The only thing that has the power to change, the only thing that has the power to change us is Jesus, and it's through the preaching of the word of God. So one of the things, like Paul saying, this is not through men, this is not from men, what we wanna be about is we wanna be about the word of God. Because if I get up here and give you some great self-help and some real pithy encouragement to go out there and be victorious tomorrow, that's not gonna bring about change. So what we're gonna be about for, for as long as this ministry exists and as long as this church exists we're gonna be about preaching the word of God, opening it up and saying, okay, Galatians, here's, all right, next week we're gonna start in verse six. Man, what's this saying? What's it saying? What is God's word saying? What does it mean? How does it apply to our life? And how will that produce change in my life? Not behavior modification, but how can I come more face-to-face -face with the changer, Jesus? Um, that is, uh, that's what we're gonna be about, God's word. Let me go ahead and forecast uh, something for you guys. And... Um, this is tough. I've been in ministry for a long time, and um, I've seen this. Uh, I've seen it in my own life, too. I'm prone to this. Change is scary. Man, change is just scary. Uh, and, and as some of you guys in this room, as God starts to change you, right, maybe there's uh, some night in here or, or some throughout the course of this semester where you feel like, man, God is calling you to something different. Man, God is calling you to a different lifestyle. God is calling you out of a relationship or out of a, a pattern in your life that um, has been comfortable for a long time. And there's God calling you towards change. That is scary. And one of the tendencies that we have as just broken people is, man, we want to run from that. We want to run from that change. We want to flee from that. We want to hide from, We want to go to where it's comfortable. Man, I don't want to be changed that way. And it's all good and say, oh, the first sermon, yeah, man, let's change and let's be renovated. And then when actually the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit starts poking at us, we think, whoa, oh, man, that stinks. I'm going to slide somewhere else. I'm going to slide somewhere where I'm not as known or, man, I'm just going to, I'm going to bounce somewhere else. Or we start thinking, well, I'm not changing, and so now I'll go somewhere else. Maybe their music will be different or I'm going to get plugged in. Man, be known and be consistent and fight through that and be known here. And my hope is that as you try to bounce and run and say, man, this is uncomfortable and this is hard, my hope is that, man, we would pastorally chase you down. That I could stand up here on a stage and say, man, you run from what God is trying to do. We are going to chase you down and we're going to drag you to a coffee appointment with us and we're going to speak truth into your life. And I, I really want that to be my hope. And I, I don't think that's realistic for us to do all of it, but I think if you get plugged into a home group, I think if you get known in other communities, I think if, if 
I don't think it's up to Casey to chase down everyone. I don't, but I think you can be a part of this community where as you start to wander, as you start to drift back, people love you enough to say, man, this is better, this is better, this is better. We want to be about the change, but we want to be about going about it in a way that it comes from the fact that we are about God's word and the truth that's in God's word. And we believe this. We believe what, what Romans 1.16 says, that the gospel, which is, which is contained in this book, is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. We believe that. We're going to sing a song uh, later in worship that is going to be uh, just doctrine. Man, it's going to be a song that's just packed with like statements of faith and statements of doctrine. And if you're not churchy and you're like, what the heck is this song? I totally get it. It's a weird song if you're not like, yeah, church kid, right? I love you. You're my favorite person in this room. And so, um, and so we're going to just sing doctrine. We're just going to sing like, yeah, we believe in the Trinity. Yeah, we believe in the virgin birth. And it's because, it's because it's this. It's truth. And that truth needs to be spoken in our chaos. And that truth is worthy of worship. And that truth is worshipful to us. Okay, second thing. Second thing. And um, again, we're just taking little tiny bites out of this. Uh, verse two. <clears throat> second thing we're about. This is going to be even shorter than verse one. And all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia, stop. That's it, right? Just that. Just what Paul is saying there is, is epic, right? And I want us to see this. It, this is so obvious, and it's so simple. Uh, but when we start to personalize it, it gets really awkward, and we, we, there's somehow a disconnect in our lives when we start to personalize this. But here's what he's saying. Um, here's what Paul does. He, he's, he's labeling his letter to Galatia. Hey, this letter that I'm writing, it's six chapters, it is to the church of Galatia. That's who I'm writing to. And the really important observation I want us to hold on to is that Paul meets people where they're at. And here's, here's what I mean by that. Uh, Paul could have easily um, just set up shop in Athens and been like, I'm gonna live, he was this traveling missionary, right? Paul went around the known world at the time preaching the gospel and writing all these letters. The New Testament this whole second half of the Bible is filled with all these letters that Paul is writing. So Galatians and Thessalonians and all these weird word books, Philippians and Ephesians and Romans, all of this stuff, maybe Hebrews, we don't know. Um, right? He's doing all that, right? He's writing this stuff. And, uh, and what he's doing is he could have set up shop in Athens, right? Paul could have just sat there and said, hey guys, uh, I'm super Christian Paul the apostle and I'm gonna crank out like a gospel curriculum. And you guys swing down and pick it up. It's like a one-size-fits-all. It's the gospel. Come and grab it. But he doesn't do that. Paul goes and meets people where they're at. He knows these people. He knows the Galatians. He's lived with them. He's eaten with them. He's spent time with them. He's cried with them. He's bled with them. He knows these churches that he's writing to. And he meets them right where they're at. And he writes to them. And he's shepherds and pastors and speaks truth into their specific chaos. So Galatians, this book we're going to study for the next eight weeks, these guys are confused and they are forgetful, right? But then you've got the Thessalonians who are scared out of their minds. And then you've got the Romans who have no idea what's going on. And then you've got, you've got um, the Corinthians who are totally messed up. The Corinthians are like, like, there's a dude who's in the church who's like celebrating the fact that he's sleeping with his dad's wife, and it's like, yeah, good for you. And, and Paul's like, what are you talking about? And so he's addressing them where they're at, and the Philippians, who are being persecuted mercilessly, he's saying, hey, this is where you guys are at. Let me, let me speak into this chaos. And hey, you guys over here, this is where you guys, let me, let me speak into this chaos with truth of the gospel. And hey, and he contextualizes the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul doesn't change the gospel, 
Back to back, these books in the Bible, back to back to back, they're consistent. It is a consistent picture of one amazing gospel of Jesus Christ. He doesn't change it, but he contextualizes it for each audience. He goes to them, he knows them, he meets them where they're at. That is powerful. Um, That is what we want to be about as a ministry. We want to be a ministry that meets people where they're at. That here on Wednesday night, that, that part of the DNA of this is, yes, we are about the word of God, but also that we are about meeting people where they're at. So let's stop for a second, because other, other than the phrase, meeting people where they're at, being a really cool phrase to speak in a room full of millennials, what does that actually mean? Right? Like, yeah, man, I'm part of this church, and they want to meet people where they're at. What does that mean? Here's what it means. It means we agree with Romans 5.8 when it says, but God showed his love for us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. It means we agree that we are saved by grace, not by works. It means that when we hear that our best days, our best good works, right? The, you know, the list of things you're supposed to do as a Christian, like all the good deeds that you do, that all of your good deeds actually are filthy rags, compared to the righteousness and holiness of what God deserves. And yet, he still loves us. By his grace, he still loves us. While we were still sinners, he died for us. He met us where we were at. He didn't wait for you to get your crap together so then you might love him, and then he would love you back. He saw you in your brokenness, in your unreligious gonerness, right? In the the darkness that you were at, Whether you have a picture of that or not, he met us in our brokenness and he said that, I love that version of of him. I I want him to grow. I I love that person though. And I want to change who they are. And I want to change them to look more like me, but I love them where they're at. That is the gospel. It's agreeing with doing it the way Jesus did, which is showing up in the lives of broken people and, and saying, come along, come along, walk with me. Let me disciple you speaking into their brokenness. Not letting us stay in our sin. Let me make that really clear. It's not about tolerating sin. Man, if we, um, if we as a ministry ever start to tolerate your sin or my sin or our sin, and that is the most unloving thing we could do. The most unloving thing we could do is just, oh yeah, your sin's not that bad. No, 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 your sin is awful. My sin is awful and wicked. But God, for some crazy reason, still says, yeah, you're an idiot, Ben. Man, I love you. And I've called you to something better. And I say, but I can't even move. I'm dead in my sin. I can't even come towards you. And he says, yeah, I know. And that's why I sit Christ, while you were dead in your sin, so that you put your faith in Christ and then come towards me. We want to be about meeting people where they're at. So let me get real practical. Um, For one, uh, in my life... Uh, this is a ministry um, that is got a bunch of sinners leading it, right? It's got, I'm up here preaching, so just pick on me for right now. Um, I am a man who, throughout my entire life, since puberty, has struggled with pornography, off and on throughout my life. I am a man who um, wrestles with worshiping myself way more than a God who is actually worthy of worship. Right, worshiping the idea of, I want, I want people to love me. I want people's adoration and affection for me. And I fight for this on a daily basis. This idea that, man, I hope these people like me. And my desire to get the approval of men, 
the desire to get the approval of people I don't even know, right? Likes on Facebook or, or retweets or anything. That, my desire for that trumps what the God of the universe thinks and says and believes about me. Because my remarkable insecurity in, well, that's not enough. I need, I need this. I need these things. And they never last. And it never works. And I get a pat on the back, but then I'm looking for the next one. And it's wicked, man. It is wicked. And I'm telling you as a pastor before you, uh, that's something I struggle with. And I have to surrender it on a daily basis. It's not, oh, I, well, I'm already a Christian, so now I don't. No, I wrestle with that. And a million other things. A million other things. And yet God says, I'm calling you to more and more holiness, Ben. And I don't want you to stay there. And I want you to grow in holiness. And I want in 10 years from now, I want to set you more, I want you to have more freedom from those sins. But he meets me where I'm at. For you, practically. Uh, it means, what it means for you is that it means on a Wednesday night, no matter what your weekend looks like, no matter what your track record looks like, the fact that you did not follow the list of do's and don'ts that Christians apparently were supposed to get when they were little kids, and maybe that isn't your story. Maybe you didn't grow up in that kind of household. Maybe you didn't grow up with that kind of behavior, and so you didn't live that life, and you show up, and maybe you don't even believe this stuff, right? Maybe it's that you showed up, and you're like, I don't even think I believe in this God, believe in that, believe, I, that's okay. We still, you're still welcome in this place, because I think God can still handle your doubt. I think God I don't think it's an accident and a coincidence that you're here. If you are in here and you say, man, I don't really want anything to do with this God, and this God, um, at least certainly with the way his people represent him, seems to be a homophobe or seems to be a bigot or seems to be legalistic and just cares about people you know, having mind control and doing good things and, and all of these things, if that's what you believe about God, for one, I want to lovingly tell you, I think you're wrong. I think you probably have seen hypocrisy. There's no doubt about that, man. We are hypocrites as Christians. We... Like, that stinks. We're bad at that. Sorry. But it doesn't change who God is. Just because we don't always represent him well doesn't change who God is. And so that might be you tonight. You might have a past where you think, man, what kind of a God would let me have that kind of a past? If this God is in control, what kind of a heavenly father would let me go through that childhood? All right, maybe that's where you're at tonight. <clears throat> and we want you to know you're welcome here. And we want you to know your anger is welcome here. We want you to know your doubts are welcome here. We want you to know that all your baggage and all the things that you think maybe invalidate you or, or have ruined you, maybe the things that you feel like are wasted and you'll never be able to get back, we want you to know that um, you're welcome here. And here's why. Uh, it's the third thing that we are about, and that's because we are going to be, as a ministry, about Jesus. And Jesus is about bringing healing and restoration to those things. That's what he does. Let me read verses three through five to you in his intro. He says, grace, this is what he's wishing for his people, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then what did Jesus do? Verse four, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be the glory forever and ever, amen. We are gonna be about Jesus in this ministry. And it is because he is that healer, and it is because he is that deliverer from brokenness. Uh, he is the one who speaks into your unhappiness and actually solves it 
and brings joy. That trumps just being happy. It precedes that, but brings joy to unhappiness. And uh, he is the one that um, if you are here and you are depressed and you are attacked by anxiety and you're attacked by depression and you're drowning in it and you can't, you can't come up for air and it feels like it's everything you can do to get out of bed and make it to do the, the obligations you have and you drag yourself here on a Wednesday night, what we want to be about is meeting you there and, and introducing you, creating as many avenues as possible for you to stand face to face with the Jesus who says, I love you. I love you where you're at. I know you're broken. I know you're hurting. I know you're lonely. I know you're discouraged. I know that you feel like whatever the lie is and speak truth into that lie and bring healing into that lie and leave changed. And it's not a quick fix. It's not a quick fix. It's not an emotional high. It's not, oh, I'm going to come on Wednesday night and the music's going to be right and, it's, and then I'm going to get, it's a relationship with Jesus Christ that we want you to have on a daily basis where that gospel, the truth that we are dead and broken, we are far from him, there is nothing we can do, right? Not following the list, not staying away from the don'ts. We are broken. And, and it is that Jesus who came and said, yet I love you, so my perfection I'm gonna lay and I'm gonna hang on a cross and I'm gonna suffocate and die for the sins of the world so that those people who are broken and in need of a savior, I have come to save them and raise again and now stand at the throne of God and say, that's my girl. That's my girl. That's my boy. That is the God that we are about. That is the gospel that we are gonna see over and over again in, in this book. And it's not, it's not the thing. And if you're in the place where you say, okay, great, um, I did that, right? I did that when I was eight years old or I did that when I was a freshman in college and I gave my life over to Christ and I already did the gospel thing. And you say, okay, great. So that, and if that's all, you, and then you say, okay, now I'm good now. No, what I want is I want for you to get depth. And if we believe that the gospel was just the, the entry ramp, if we believe that the gospel was just, just the foundation, it's the whole house. It's the walls and the kitchen sink and the pipes and the air conditioning unit and the chimney and the roof shingles. It's, it is, we apply the gospel to everything and time and time again, that's what Paul's gonna say. You're walking away from the gospel, come back to it and now apply it to this area and apply it to this and no, no, you're not believing truth here and you're not believing truth here and so time and time again, this, this is what we need, this is what I need, this is what you need for change in your life. And so unapologetically, that's what we're about. We want to see lives renovated by the gospel and by a community that's in love with it. And we're gonna be about the word of God because I don't have the words and we don't have the song lyrics to produce that change. We're gonna, we're gonna be about the word of God and we're gonna be about meeting people where they're at and we're gonna be about Jesus because we think he's better than anything else you could be chasing down. We love you. Let me pray for you and then we're gonna continue to worship. Father, thank you. Uh, thank you for how you love us, Lord. Uh, thank you for this truth, um, that you're good, that you meet us where we're at, that um, you meet us where we're at, but you also don't want us to stay there, God. You want to see change in our life. You want to set us free. Lord, I don't pretend to know where everyone in this room is at with you, uh, whether they're discouraged, whether they're confused, whether they're frustrated, whether they're angry, whether they're lonely, whether they're hurting, but God, you do. And so, Lord, would you do this work? Um, would you show up 
And would your Holy Spirit poke at their heart and point them to Jesus, point them to the word of God and the Christ that we see here. And would they surrender? Would, they stop, would we stop trying to do this on our own and stop trying to do it through just tweaking our behavior and just being better people and showing up to more worship services? But would we surrender to you, Father? Because without you, we're, we're just drowning. Lord, we're grateful, Lord. We're grateful uh, for how you love us. In the name of Jesus, amen.